to another Jew and Gentile podcast. I am your host, Chris Katolka, and with me is none other than the sage himself, the Jewish sage, uh, Mr. Steve Herzig. How are you, Steve? Actually, I'm pretty good, Chris. I was in Connecticut the other day, and they people told me how much they like you. Me? You. Why? You're the Jewish guy. I'm uh, the they I'm they, they, I come to their church all the time. They say, I like that. Who's that guy? Katelka? Kataka? Katanka? What's, what's his name? What's his name? I said, that's our radio voice. Aye, aye, Chris Katolka. And they like you, Chris. All right. I like it. Well, hold on, everybody. Here we go. Welcome in. Welcome in. I am so glad that you're with us. A couple big things today. couple big things. We have a special guest. We're going to introduce her in a moment. I'm going to let Steve introduce her. But before we do that, just a fresh reminder that uh, the Jew and Gentile podcast is sponsored by FOI Equip, where you get to learn the Bible from a Jewish perspective. And we are on a journey right now, Steve, to raise $10,000 before the end of the year so that we can continue teaching the Bible from a Jewish perspective. And not only doing that, but also sending our interns out to build bridges between the Christian community and the Jewish community to show the love of the Messiah uh, right where they are. We have great FOI interns. But Steve, really quick, why don't you share about the value of FOI Equip for the podcast and for the classes that we're doing? Well, Chris, uh, you know, this is the Christmas Hanukkah season, and Hanukkah is guilt. Happy Hanukkah. That's right. Guilt. Guilt is money. Guilt or Not guilt? guilt. Oh, we got a lot of guilt. I can tell you about guilt, but in this case, it's guilt. Uh, and you know, at Hanukkah time, they make chocolate gold coins. The yep. gold is foil or silver, uh, foil paper that covers the chocolate. And oh, growing up, I used to play all the time. I taught my kids. Now I'm teaching my grandkids. We do a little gambling. Uh, we should talk about Lots. Hanukkah uh, uh, on our podcast again. I think we've done it once, but still, it's the season. Either way, we talk about guilt. And uh, do we want to make any of our listeners feel guilty? No, I, we we don't. But, but we want to make them feel guilty? We'd like some guilt. Uh, and the reason we'd like some guilt is just to continue to, to do what we're doing. It's not just for the podcast. It's for... Equip itself, which sponsors the podcast, mm -hmm. and Equip Chris has been something that we owe all glory, honor goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. who allowed COVID to happen, which made it possible for old people like me, who would never think about going online, about going on a Zoom, from Zoom, I, I heard a Zumba. Uh, that yeah. was an exercise thing years ago. Zumba. And then there was Zoom. Well, now now people my age don't even bat an eye. Nope. They're online for everything. They're ordering things online. Well, we're now teaching online. Mm -hmm. And it has been such a joy for us to reach all around the world, Chris. Mm -hmm. That's right. We're around the world who are coming free at any time they want, whether live which we do every Thursday, Eastern time at 7, th not every, not every Thursday, Thursday. Don't, but don't, on a monthly basis, yeah. we meet at least once or twice uh, at 7.30. You just made my job really hard there a moment ago. Yeah, yeah not every, every not Thursday. Not every Thursday. <laughs> but uh, we try to have at least one to two things each month. Yeah. And we use all of our staff, all different kinds of opportunities. Uh, I love the one with Paula Corrin becoming... Uh, the Food Network. I know. The Kosher Kitchen with Paula <laughs> Corn. cooking, and she had mechanical problems, technical problems, didn't bat an eye. Oh, I'll just switch it to my phone instead of my computer. Zygazunt. <laughs> Live and be well. <laughs> Boom. She did it. Well, look, we, we need to raise the money. It's not for you and me, Chris. The money's going to be used so that we can expand the work. And get more than six listeners. And get more than, maybe we'll get seven. Oh, that's, that oh, would be great. Yeah, yeah. Would that be great? Yeah. Uh, well, listen, also on top of uh, our amazing listeners, your donations not only go to helping to teach the Bible from a Jewish perspective, whether it's on the podcast or Ty Perry's podcast, the Gesher podcast, which I always encourage our people to go listen to, but also, or, or our FOI equip classes, but it's also taking interns that we have, four FOI equip interns that are going out into the Jewish community to build those relationships. And that's why we want you to hear from one of our interns, Alyssa, who's in the Houston area. Before you do that, Chris, I know we, we this is the second time we're playing her. I, I realize that. But you called her up last week. You called her up and gave her what? Two I, minutes. Two, I think I said, you, could you send this to me in two minutes? Because then we went on the air about three minutes later. 
And I said, oh, I got this. And you said, well, when'd you get that from her? I think you were thinking maybe last week. I said, just a second ago. And she <laughs> she just did this. So, And she did amazing. That's right. And that's why we want you to hear from Alyssa. Hi, my name is Alyssa Ruddle, and I am currently an intern with the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministries. It has been a wonderful program of learning and developing a love for the Jewish people in my community. But we wanted to come on and just say that the Equip program is an immense program that grows people's love for the Jewish people. If you're looking to give to a program that is actively investing in people's lives with the love for the scripture and the Jewish people, this is it. Any amount is greatly appreciated and will definitely be used to impact people's lives. Um, thank you so much for considering, and we hope you do are doing well, and we pray that the Lord blesses you. Boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Unbelievable. She is good. She's good. And that's why you need to listen to Alyssa and go to gofoi.org forward slash FOI equip. Let me say that one more time. Gofoi.org forward slash FOI equip. There you can make a donation to help continue and advance FOI equips. Uh, teaching and ministry that's happening around the country. We're trying to raise $10,000 before the year end to help us launch us into 2023. Um, and we're just thankful to the Lord for the opportunity to be able to represent him, to be able to teach about him, to be able to connect people to the Jewishness of the Bible. Cause Steve, that's what it's all. The Bible is a Jewish book. And I actually think the more you learn about the Jewishness of the Bible, I think the deeper your relationship grows with the Jewish Messiah Jesus. And that's the way I've always looked at it. So I hope our listeners feel the same way. Amen, brother. All Amen. right. Well, Steve, why don't you go ahead and introduce our special guest? We do have a special guest coming all the way from across the hall. <laughs> she made the long trek across. We had to pra you practically dragged her over uh, here. Well, Steve. I just asked if she wanted to come. International Ministries, uh, headed up by Mike Stollard and Dan Price is the associate or uh, assistant, assistant mm -hmm. to uh, International Ministries, and holding them together is none other than Kathy Miles. She's the who, glue. Who is with us today, and I asked her if she'd be a guest. Oh, she's so afraid, Chris. She's worried. Give her is pre press a button. Okay? That's right. Is anything okay? But there's no need. We don't bite. Uh, the six listeners are probably asleep by now, <laughs> so you don't have to worry. But we wanted an update. Uh, first, uh, Kathy, welcome. Hello. Oh. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's try that again, Yeah, let's, let's work. Uh, uh, we welcome again Kathy Miles. Hello, Kathy. Hi. There oh, we go. There you go, Kathy. You I did know great. she can talk. That's great, Kathy. No, uh, jokes aside, uh, the ministry that is going on in the Ukraine right now is no small thing. And Friends of Israel, with our staff in Poland, and uh, Tetiana, who's located in Kiev, uh, who's there during a terrible period of time, we wanted Kathy to come to give our listeners an update of what's happening in Ukraine. So, Kathy, welcome. Say hello again. And then tell us, from uh, International Ministries' perspective, what's happening in the Ukraine. Hello, everyone. Hello. Thank you for having me as a guest. Of course. We're happy to. Take a swig of water. We, we want you to relax here. Are you relaxed, Kathy? I'm what are relaxed. you feeling inside right now? Oh, some butterflies. Are we intimidating, okay. I, Chris? I, I you and you're I are kind intimid of intimidating. Am you're I intimidating? Oh, no. How about if I. Hello, Kathy. <laughs> okay, I don't know what kind of podcast this is now. I know. Okay, so. So we have a worker in Ukraine. Her name's Tatiana Kratinko. Mm -hmm. And she is from Ukraine in Kiev. So she had to leave for a while when the bombing started, but now she's back living in Kiev. She's made some runs from the border of Poland back to Kiev with food. And food. tell us a little bit about that. Well, Friends of Israel, because of everyone's donations, purchased two vans and they're using those vans to bring food to ukraine food mm -hmm. supplies right now they have no electricity no running water and they have brought some battery operated stoves which have been a big help mm -hmm. to give these people some heat these are our workers from poland are coming into ukraine and helping Tatiana. so we have workers who are while other people might be trying to get out we have people who are continually going in yes. yeah i just saw a picture not long ago of andrew k 
Kieslar, who is in Poland, mm-hmm. and he was in Kiev, I think, setting up some of those stoves, stoves. that you were talking about mm-hmm. to help them when they don't have electric and, and whatnot. Yeah, no electricity. Can this you- is really mm-hmm. significant. Friends of Israel started in 1938 to help the Jewish people in Europe when they were experiencing... Especially Eastern Europe. Yeah, Eastern Europe experienced persecution. Well, now there's a war going on, and once again, over 80 years later, we're back in that general area, mm-hmm. and now we have Polish representatives at using uh, Friends of Israel's donors' money, who have been so gracious, literally thousands and thousands of dollars oh, yeah. donated by believers in Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus to help Jew and Gentile alike mm. to to minister firsthand to these people. Amazing. It Kathy, really Kathy amazing. what you know, actually, I remember on this podcast, we were just kind of new to the podcast, and it was back in February because uh, um, maybe we were a couple months into doing it, and we thought, let's get, uh, things were ramping up. We felt like things were ramping up in in Ukraine, and we had Tatiana on, and she came on. We and, had her on live, Chris. Yeah, we had her I on. I don't know how we were. You you figured out some way we were in a different place. I called Elon Musk, and I got his satellites <laughs> to align. And, no, I'm joking. But we got her. We piped her in, and she gave us an update on what was going on. And within hours of our interview with Tatiana, they, uh, Russia attacked Ukraine. Oh. And, so, and then she was on the move at that point. But she's done a lot since then, helping Jewish people get out of, of, of Ukraine and even to make Aliyah, to immigrate to Israel. Is that right, Kathy? I have a number of how many people she's helped get to Israel from Ukraine. Well, don't hold back. It's 99 people. Wow. She has sent. 99 families have been affected by donors who have made it possible for Tetiana and our Polish staff to help get them out and into Israel. And I know, uh, Kathy, that she's actually heard from some of these families who have written back to her thanking her and friends of Israel for the freedom they now have and the safety that they have as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, the letters are amazing. And she, I mean, right now updating is, is a little tough because of that electric electrical problem. I mean, she, she does, gets sporadic Wi-Fi. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's very, very serious. There was an attack on November 23rd a missile attack that killed many civilians and in kiev in kiev yeah that's right they're 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 attacking kiev now and uh it, the russians pretty right. heavily yes mm-hmm. and it it just took out the power grid and used to be sporadic electricity now there's no electricity mm-hmm. and it's and cold it's there. cold mm-hmm. and it's cold in ukraine yeah it it's really winter. is it's winter authorities told them to uh consider leaving for the winter all the citizens, and then also those who left not to come back. Wow. So it's it's a pretty serious situation. And Tetiana right now at least is determined to stay the course. Yes. Yeah. That's a, Chris, that's amazing. She's a we brave are, woman. I, brave I always woman. thought Friends of Israel, I would read about the early Victor Buxbazen and how he helped uh, those who were in Europe, and then the Jewish people got out, uh, and he went up to New York where there were these camps of Jewish people, and they brought underwear and clothes and shoes and all these things for them. And I thought, oh, that's really good then. I never dreamed that in that now, the way things are, we're back doing the same kind of things. And so, hey, that's bad news, what's happening. But there's good news. Isn't it interesting how God is raising up an army of believers, mm-hmm. uh, many of them in North America, Canada, United States, Australia, our offices around the world where donors are responding, giving the resources. And we have seen firsthand, uh, we we heard from Timothy in a, in a video he did in June. We've heard from Tetiana as well. The only reason they could, they're willing to do it, but they don't have the resources. Believers have provided the resources for them to brave, they're brave, they're very brave and courageous, and to go into the country and minister to those folks. It's what amazing. an opportunity! It's amazing, and all done in the name of the Messiah of Israel. That's, That's what, such a blessing. That and that is really the core of who we are as an organization. We everything we do is premised on the fact that we are we we believe that Jesus is the Messiah, and we do it in the name of Jesus as well. That is very important to the ministries that we do all around the world. 
So, uh, Kathy, thank you very much. Kathy, thank you. I know that My things. Pleasure. I know sometimes you. It's a, it's a rough to come in here at any time. Anytime. Anytime you want to leave. If you want to stay, Zygazunt. If you want to leave, Zygazunt. Whenever you want well, to. Zygazunt. I can do live and be well. Plug for equip. If you want me to. Yes, oh, please. please. Oh, this, Here we a go. A bonus. Wait, you have music <laughs> for a bonus? I don't know if we have bonus music, but there we go. It's the Yiddish word. We'll, we'll repurpose That's it. That's right. This is a bonus. We were inviting Kathy to tell us all about uh, international and specifically Ukraine. But now she's taking that hat off and putting on an equip hat. Take it away, Kathy. Go ahead, Kathy. Yes. I have I've taken several equip classes. Actually. Which ones? Oh boy, um, I did all Apollos. Okay, so you did the, the cooking. The food. Good, good. Mm-hmm. Chris's most recent one on the history. Intertestamental. Fabulous. Good. Fabulous. That's the second time he's got a compliment. That's this right. Man's on a roll. Man, I'm telling Learned you. So much through that. That was great, and it's so easy. It's seven thirty. Eastern time. Eastern time. You can just put it on, get your coffee, get your dessert, whatever you got to do, and listen away. So you've gone to two classes. Uh, I've probably gone to about five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've seen you on there, Kathy. And you sound so excited, Kathy. I am. <laughs> <laughs> they're very, they're excellent. So, it's Kathy, well would you done. say to someone listening right now, they should give to help reach the $10,000 goal that we have in oh order? Oh, goodness. Yes. Okay, yes. fantastic. This is also important. All right. So, Kathy, say this when they say go. Go to to go foi go foi dot org dot org forward slash forward slash foi equip foi equip boom boom <laughs> done thank you Kathy <laughs> you're the best thanks for coming in thank you have a great lunch now okay okay <laughs> all right Steve we that was a great time with Kathy I'm thankful for Kathy and and uh, her support of foi equip and oh Steve we got to do it you you're holding this up you're 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 telling me what's next I like that. Did you know? Yeah, we failed last week, Chris. We weren't good. I wanted to incorporate uh, Emily Stone's book, uh, Did You Know? Bye, Kathy. Bye, Kathy. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. And we were talking about hell. We were talking about being frightened. It's a good thing to be frightened, especially if there's good news after you're afraid, and there is. But uh, Emily Stone and Did You Know? There's a section in there called Gehenna. And uh, Judaism has difficulty with the concept of hell. It's debated amongst the rabbis. Is there a real hell? Isn't there? The word hell, English word translated, uh, there is no such word, and Jewish people will tell you that. And they're correct, by the way. Uh, Sheol is a word that's in the grave, uh, Mm -hmm. and that's used. But we already, last week we quoted Daniel chapter 12, and Orthodox Jews believe in a resurrection. And they believe there's a resurrection to life eternally. Mm-hmm. And, and in that passage, it says, those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life. Eternal life. So it's eternal. For God so loved the world. Exactly. And some to shame and everlasting contempt. Mm-hmm. Keyword everlasting. That's the debate in Judaism. So uh, Emily Stone writes uh, uh, there's a paragraph on Gehenna but I'm just going to read I'm just going to read one sentence Did you already mention too that Gehenna is connected to a valley in in Jerusalem She or... actually talks oh, about, she does. Sorry uh, yeah, about that she, No Sorry. no that's fine keep going tell No tell. no you read I would prefer well, her that expands from one sentence I have to So okay I'll read this Originally Gehenna was a term derived from the valley of son of Hinnom a scary no man's land outside Jerusalem where children were ostensibly burnt as a sacrifice to the Ammonite god Molech, whose worship God expressly forbade. You shall not present any of your children to pass through for Moloch, and do not profane the name of your god, I am Hashem, or I am the Lord. The ritual eventually evolved to mean hellfire, she writes. And here's something, Chris, again, I could relate. I was in Hebrew school. I remember my teacher telling us about this. Here's what she said. While no one wants to go to hell, I'll hear an amen for that. <laughs> no one wants to go to hell. One nice feature of Gehenna. One nice feature. Like you're going to a hotel. <laughs> I'm hey, tell- uh, here, here's, here's your feature. That's, That's right. right. Featured today uh, is that no matter what you did on earth, no matter what you did on earth, 
your only visit, you only visit for 12 measly months and not the rest of eternity. Oh, that is so That actually, I remember my teacher saying it this way. Hey, there is a hell, he, 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 Gehenna. It's not a good place. People are there for up to a year. But I remember my teacher saying one day is like an eternity. So do your mitzvot. <laughs> do your good deeds. Do your commandments. Follow the commandments and you won't spend time there. And if you do, it'll be a shortened time. So, And that concept, they're not wrong about the concept of where hell comes from. There was the Valley of Hinnom. There was those events that took place that where they would throw trash and burn trash. But it doesn't negate the fact that they, we already have from the Old Testament an image of of an everlasting contempt. Um, we already we see even in Jesus's day uh, the the rich man um, and Lazarus when they're in the Abraham's bosom and there's this separation that's taking place of one of torment with the rich man um, and and so you have this uh, this separation that we're seeing going on and then of course as you, of course as you go through the Gospels and even into the new further into the New Testament there's more definition to this idea of eternal separation from God. But uh, to th- a lot of times wh- where we're going these days, and even in evangelicalism, is this concept that hell doesn't exist. It's something that was manufactured, and it's not what we think it is because it's connected to the va- uh, the Hinnom Valley and all this. When really there is a connection between uh, a separation from God uh, eternally that goes back to the Old Testament. It's not something that was just created in the second temple period or, or, or whatever. And that's why, Chris, in the book of Isaiah in chapter 6, when Isaiah gets a, a view of who God is in that setting, uh, he says, I am, he falls down, I am a man of unclean lips. He's the prophet. Yep. He's the messenger of God. And if, look, he's a sinner like everyone else, but in terms of, of his Holiness compared to most of Israel, he's got it, and he's boom. He was down. He was down, and yep. and he has this sense of how evil man is, how dirty man is in comparison with God. And so, yes, the concept of uh, an eternity separated from God is a Jewish concept, mm-hmm. and uh, e- Emily Stone agreed, and and so least- is resurrection. Resurrection sure is, is. A Jew- and all of those things play into our study of Revelation. It plays into the idea of the abyss or hell or Hades. It plays into resurrection and new life. That you know, everything that we're looking at in the book of Revelation is is very much connected to what Daniel was speaking uh, in, uh, you know, when he was writing in exile. It's very much connected to the prophecies of the Old Testament, and even what Jesus had uh, given us in uh, a picture prophetically of what would happen in the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24 and 25, and in Luke. Um, so there is, uh, uh, it's, these aren't just made-up visions that uh, John is seeing, you know, from Jesus. These are grounded in what Jesus taught and what the Old Testament taught as well. 100%, Chris, and uh, that's why Revelation chapter 1 is so important. It sets up uh, the the book, the unveiling. We see, as John tries, we're not even seeing Christ the way that John—I would admit, I think John, he experienced it. He saw him. He was with him, and he's trying to articulate to these seven churches— in Asia, he's trying to. He wants this letter. The Spirit of God wants this letter circulated so that they'll read it in public. And in order to set the tone, Jesus reveals Himself to John while he's on the Isle of Patmos in His glory, mm-hmm. and it is powerful. And so he sets it up. Okay, here I am. Here's the way Jesus is described, and now here's here's who he's writing to. These seven churches. And Chris, we, we had a, a person who uh, used to be a colleague of ours here at Friends of Israel. His name is Will Varner. Uh, Will had been here a number of years. He taught uh, at the Institute of Biblical Studies here at Friends of Israel. Uh, it changed its name to the Institute of Jewish Studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that went off to what was then Philadelphia Biblical uh, University, uh, now called Karen University. It was turned back over to us 
Uh, and we started a school, the inst- uh, online school called the Institute of Jewish Studies, uh, which that ended. And now, Chris, Equip is really a byproduct. It's an offshoot of that way back in the beginning when Will Varner started it. And I remember there's Will- a big difference between Will Varner and me and you. I'll uh, tell you that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Talk about downhill. <laughs> uh, it's. At, 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 at. <laughs> I, I'm Will sorry, Warner. Will. Will probably doesn't even listen, but if he if he is listening, Will, we love you. That's You're right. way step up higher than us. We had Rennie Showers, Will Varner, uh, uh, Herb Hurt, Bill Cruson, and then FY Equip, Chris Catola. <laughs> hey, we're we're what's left. But Will taught the a class on Revelation, and I remember hearing him. I sat in that class uh, and benefited a great deal. And the way he said, I want you to remember these churches, and here's a way to remember. Everybody sing, please. That sounds pretty lovely. That sounds that sounds pretty lovely? Oh, everybody, everybody sing. Everybody sing, please. That sounds pretty lovely. Everybody so let's sing. go through. E, everybody, begins with E, Chris. Ephesus. Everybody sing. S. Smyrna. Everybody sing, please. Pergamum. Everybody sing, please, that. Thyrotyra. Everybody sing, uh, everybody sing, please, that sounds. Sa- uh, uh, Sardis. Sardis. Everybody sing, please, that sounds pretty. Philadelphia. Lovely. Laodicea. There I you, cheated too, you Steve. You cheated. I'm yeah. looking at my you, Bible here. We practiced I, out in the hall and you didn't have I your know. Bible. You, you're you using well, it as a crutch. I, it is a you big, knew it. You I knew it. I am proud to say I used the Bible as a crutch. <laughs> 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 but we're we're journeying into the seven churches here, and you know, really, these churches are strategically placed uh, 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 um, in where there was growth uh, of the gospel at this time, and where you know the, the, these churches probably often will represent a multitude of churches. The center being the Church of Ephesus, but there were probably there wasn't just one big church in Ephesus. It probably represented a bunch of communities of believers. Yeah, let's not think of of the of church building here. Uh, they might have met in some sort of public place. Maybe they rented a building. Anything is possible. But we think of churches, especially in the United States, and you know we go to these. They're air conditioned. They're heated. They have now they have coffee places, and you got. Couches. <laughs> they do. I know they I've do. been in those places. All of us. Hey, what do you want? Latte? Yeah. I, wait a minute. I'm coming to church here. That's you right. got a latte? That's right. Uh, our cafes. Church, we, uh, and they got cafe, food. Yeah, food. What, whatever you want. Yeah. Well, here, this was a first century. These were churches. And quite frankly, many of them were being persecuted. It was... A, it wasn't easy, and we've talked already. John about mentions it. that he says, "I, your brother and companion in the suffering and the kingdom and patient endurance that is ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and because of the testimony of Jesus." So he is he's being he's suffering because of preaching the gospel. So you can imagine it's not just John. Every Christian faced persecution during this you time. Know, isn't it interesting? It's hard for me to comprehend. It's always been difficult as a Jewish person before I was a Christian and as a believer. Okay, you're, when I was, I was born in a Jewish home, practiced Judaism, you go to synagogue, okay? There are people around the world who go to synagogue. They, that's what they're doing, and they're, they're getting spit upon because they have a keep. Men might have mm-hmm. a keep on, mm-hmm. or they... they they're creating a social disturbance just by walking to synagogue. And they're not doing anything wrong. The social disturbance is on behalf of the people who simply don't like what they see. They're not stealing anything. Mm-hmm. They're not disrupting traffic. They're walking along. In this case, first century, there's people meeting. They want to hear from a guy who's been imprisoned by Rome on Patmos. What does John have to say? Let's Let's listen to what he's talking about. But Chris, last week you talked about why it is. Why is it that people get upset from a Jewish point of view or a Christian point of view? It's because we believe, Jewish people believe, God is above all. Mm-hmm. He's above all. He is He is the living God, the eternal God. There's no God like him. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu. It starts off, blessed be God. King of the universe. King, you can't, he's, you he's, can't top the king of the universe. The king of the universe. Christians believe he is God of all. He is the king of kings and Lord of all. And that 
just knowing that that person walking to shul to synagogue, that person on the first day of the week, as Paul as John was writing, the first day of the week, the Lord's Day, remembering the resurrection of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and it makes governments, war, or world leaders, it makes them angry. Mm-hmm. It makes them mad. And to me, it's so hard for me. what These people don't hurt anybody. These people love people. Look, we just had Kathy here. We put out a word. We want to help the people in Ukraine. And so people who regard Jesus Christ as Lord say, Lord, thank you for the resources I have. I can share my bounty with people in need. Isn't that a great thing? And yet it's it's condemned. Uh, people who stand up uh, for the unborn. I've I've seen the I've seen what happens in all different venues where a person says, I am for the unborn. They are they don't have a voice. I want to speak. I don't want to fight. I want to speak on their behalf. Mm-hmm. I want to publicly say I am against killing unborn babies, and they are being cursed at, yelled at. People are infuriated. Their face gets angry. They're not trying to fight. They're not, they don't, they're not even going against the government. They they stand and say, here's what we believe. Mm-hmm. And it I think John sets it up perfect because these churches, they need to hear, and they're going to hear from the King of King, and it's not always good news. No. Well, it's funny. Do you remember last week we had um, Peter Enns? Uh, we we played a recording of him saying that this has nothing to do. You know, we got to stop asking the Book of Revelation to speak during our time. You know, that's what he was saying. That there's you can't. Uh, it's a exegetical malpractice to read the Book of Revelation as predictive. It's exegetical malpractice to consider it something for yourself today. The Book of Revelation. But here we are, we're about to read that Jesus is speaking to believers in these churches, and he's telling them something about the fact that I'm coming again soon. So I'm coming again, and here's an issue that I have with how you're living your life today. And you know what? To say that this doesn't matter, when I read this, I actually have to, some, I have, it's an epistle, which means it is speaking to believers, and if it's speaking to believers in Ephesus, then I believe it's speaking to me, because we might be 2,000 years removed. Two days. Two days, exactly. And, and, and that's, it's not even, it, but it's the idea that we're, I'm, these are brothers and sisters, and they had a spiritual uh, an issue. Or, or God will uh, commend them, a lot of the churches in many ways, and then he will also call out where they need to work on their relationship with him. Which means, by the way— he knows them. Eggs, and that's what he's going to say. He knows us as well. So it he speaks. knows. It speaks. And the reason it speaks is because it's actually, even in these epistles, in these moments where he's speaking to the church, he's also going to, there's prophecy in those as well. So when he goes, ah, when Pete, Pete Enns goes, ah, it's no, no predictive, you can't read it. Well, then I guess I can't read Romans. I guess I can't read, uh, because there's a lot of uh, apocalyptic future events in Romans. There's a lot of apocalyptic future events in Peter. There's a lot of apocalyptic future events in the Gospels. So I guess I just can't read anything for myself in the Bible. I think it's total, uh, it's bupkis what he's saying, because here I think I can look right at my life through every church, Ephesus, Smyrna, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea, uh, and and ask myself, Lord, how am I living in light of your coming? Well, you know, Chris, you, you talk about... Uh Look at the history. Look, there are individuals in any group who you'd rather not associate with. And that includes some evangelicals. We all, as a group, people are all different. But let's just take evangelicals. In the old days in America, they were called fundamentalists. They're called different Bible believers. Have they been good for America and Canada and Australia? They've been Bible believers have been good for the country. Look at the history of them. Uh, we we talked about Thanksgiving, uh, and Chris, we talked about uh, Paul Scharf, who gave his uh, devotion to us uh, as a staff at Friends of Israel. Talked about the Geneva Bible, the English translation of the Bible, and the positive effect it had on our country. So what you're talking about? There's a church in Ephesus. 
It's a it it's it's a church that was a body of believers, and Jesus knew them. So why don't we start in verse yep. one, Chris? Hey, because we're looking, we're we're already running out of time. We haven't gotten to the first church yet. We got to start. Here we go. That's uh, it says this in chapter two, verse one, to the angel of the church in Ephesus, write. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. That's the churches. I know your deeds and your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have preserved and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. You do not if you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have uh, but you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Am I saying that right? Nicolaitans, yep. uh, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life which is in the paradise of God. Chris, there's an expression, at least in my house, we use all the time, kill me now. <laughs> kill me now. Kill what me. do I mean by that? In your house right now or yeah, the one no, you grew oh, up no, in? No, no, no. My, but my kids used to uh, kill me, something happened. Yeah. Kill me now. Yep. That's, it's, I, it's, my kids it's, do the same it's thing. A, it's a quote. Well, listen, Jesus knows this church at Ephesus, and first he tells them how, boy, what a wonderful group. They're pure. They're keeping... Uh, things in place. They know what's right, and they have patience and perseverance, and they're testing those who claim certain things. They're testing it with the Word of God. And then he says, but, or Mm -hmm. nevertheless, Mm -hmm. or whatever word it is to set, I have this. That's where I say, oh, kill me now. What uh, what did I do? That's right. And then the, really, Ephesus, Chris, I think uh, this as the first church, I'm going to have true confessions here. In my 40-plus years of walking with Christ, there have been times that I've been convicted of losing my first love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's happened to me. I confess. What? Well, you get ingrained with things going on in your life. Things become automatic. They don't, they're, they're just, I, I still went to church. I still shared Christ. I was doing a lot of things. That were good. That were right, but they were mechanical. Mm-hmm. I I was out of touch with the person who I know died for my sins. That's what happened to this church. They, oh, that's I, it. Would be kill me now. You've lost your first love. But there's hope if once you realize it, and the Spirit of God is telling them, here's what you need to do: repent. You know, come back. You know what I think is interesting too is. All the things that they were doing right were them looking at the scriptures and then judging what was going on around them. And Jesus, you know, gave them credit for that. We see how you're, you know, uh, staying away from the wickedness of the world. So they understood the difference between right and wrong from the scriptures. We understand how you're persevering against those things and you're persevering in the faith which means you're grounded in the word of God. We understand that you're, you know, you're you're upholding doctrine and you're judging those looking out those apostles that or those who consider themselves apostles, but they aren't. We we're proud of Jesus is saying I'm proud of you for these things. But then what ha- those are all outward, you know, judging from that, you know, you here I am and I'm looking out and going, that's not right. That's not right. That's right. They're all the you know, making sure all the ducks are in a row. But, you know, the idea, though, that Jesus is getting at is at their heart. You know, you've lost the love that, you know, you, any, you, it's good to read the Bible and to understand the doctrine, and you have to. That's what protected them. That's what Jesus was commending. But then he said, but it's being done not from the right place. You've forgotten about me. And I think that is the crux of what's going on in the church of Ephesus, and a very important church, too. Uh, you know, we have a the letter to the Ephesians, uh, which is important, because there is no letter to Smyrna, there's no letter to the Pergamums that we have, or Thyatira, or Sardis. There's a letter to the Ephesians, though, and there's a lot of great doctrine and information that comes from those uh, 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 six chapters that we had. And that had been written already yep. by the time this was. Paul had a lot of love and, you know, and uh and and connection to 
the 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 church in Ephesus. But here the problem was you can you can know a lot of stuff, Steve, about the Bible. And you can you can read books and you can know what's right and you can know what's wrong and you can have your doctrine lined up, but you can still do that and not love God. That's the hard part to always reconcile. Knowledge and love do not always match up. 100%. Chris, I'm going to share a story with you. It's, it's a hard story uh, and a true story. It involves me, so it's easy to tell and remember. Um, uh, I came to know Christ. It upset my parents, but I made it a, 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 a regular practice to call them, and I called them no matter where I was. I lived in California, then I lived in New Jersey, and then uh, we moved to Chicago. I called them every week, no matter where I was. How are you? I hope you're doing well. Here's what I'm doing. And the calls would last anywhere, you know, five minutes to half an hour, whatever. And uh, so I dutifully call, was calling. I, I talked to my parents. I hung up the phone, and my wife said, man, you, were, you weren't nice. What, what, are you, what are you talking about? You... You, you sounded like you were lording it over, lording it over. I, I'm their son. I call them every week, no matter where I'm at, I call them. And my wife said, yeah, but you should hear yourself. Mm-hmm. And I said, really? She said, it's, it's not good. I said, thank you. And I called right back. Oh, Chris, you talk about kill me now. I called my mother. I never forget. My mother answered the phone. Hello, mom. Uh, Alice told me that I, I didn't have a, uh, my voice, I, I had a bad attitude, and I, I didn't realize that. And she said, oh, that's okay. We've come to expect that of you. Oh. Oh, kill me. Kill me now. <laughs> kill me now. Honestly, it was a blind spot. I, I lost my heart mm-hmm. for my own folks who mm-hmm. weren't believers. I was the dutiful son. I was the Christian calling faithfully. I was the Ephesians. I'm doing all the right things. But because I could give you a lot of reasons, it becomes frustrating. They don't listen to me. I try to find a way to share Christ. I could give all the, the bottom line, my wife discerned that I was coming across like I was superior to them. And what a bad testimony Mm -hmm. I was. And really, that's what the Spirit of God is telling the church at Ephesus. You're doing the right things. But you've lost your heart. You know, Chris, when I've lost mine, I do something, and it's actually built into the system. Christ has built it into the system. Regardless of your church denomination, at some point, on a regular basis, we call it breaking of bread, communion, uh, Eucharist. It's called different things. And we, we come and we take the elements and we remember. And if you remember when you first got saved, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you first got saved and you were five or you first got saved and you were 55. I, I remember when I got saved, I was, this is the great, I was talking to every, I couldn't stop talking about it. This changed my life. I loved the people. But then all of a sudden you kind of learn from the culture. Oh, you kind of restrain, you, you get involved. You could lear- lose your first love. Mm-hmm. And so when I called to apologize to my mom, I said, Mom, Dad, I'm I'm really sorry. It it's it's my fault. Uh I I I shouldn't be talking like that. It just I I guess it's sometimes I just don't think. And mm-hmm. they said, Thank you. Thank you for realizing and thank you for calling mm-hmm. back. And I th- I thank my wife. It can happen. Yeah. Our listeners Hey, you could be going to church every Sunday. You could be part of the missions committee. You could be teaching Sunday school. You could be having devotions with your family. You, the list, all of them good. Don't, don't stop those things. Mm-hmm. But take inventory. Take inventory. And, you know, Paul writes in Corinthians, he says, examine your heart. Examine yourselves to see if you're in the household of faith. Isn't that interesting? That's great, yeah. Judaism has uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. That's Rosh Hashanah and the 10 days of awe. We've talked about that. You're to evaluate your year, and where you've messed up, you go and repent. Well, that's exactly what the Spirit of God through the Apostle John is saying. Hey, the Spirit is saying, guys, you're doing all the right things. Great. Just, you've lost your first love. Mm -hmm. Come back. Come back. It's like being married. Oh, now we could get in trouble, Chris. Yep. Being married. Sure. I've been married this month. It'll be 40, 
five years. Amazing. But you know what? You, you can't take it you can't take it for granted mm-hmm. you you i i loved her i love her currently and i will love her and you have to find ways to show to demonstrate to never lose that love and that's the way we have to be for christ i agree with you and I, i've gone through the same reading this the same feeling of you know even when i do my prayers in the morning i or i'm reading a book or something am i doing this just for the knowledge of wanting to have it or to really deepen my relationship the whole point of this is to deepen your relationship with the messiah with the king of kings and so uh, the the thing i want to show though too is that the there's prophecy built into these cuz did you hear what it says it says whoever has ears let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who is victorious, which will show up over and over again, the idea of being victorious. I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God, which means that to the believer who repents, and it's remember, it's the same John who writes in 1 John that if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you. Well, that's why it's very natural for John to be able to write, repent, and, re- and turn to me, I'll forgive you, because what's waiting for you in the future, if you if you turn back to God and you make Christ your first love again, and you repent, what's waiting for you as a believer in prophecy is right here, the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God, a picture of the future kingdom that's coming. And as we go through this book, it's going to be a long time. Who knows when it will be, I, but we'll see that tree. We will see in, that in our reading. That's right, exactly. It's the idea that you're going to go back to Eden. You're going to walk with God. Oh, wait, that sounds familiar. Yeah, I think it's Chris. called Eden to Eden. Eden to Eden. We just this year had a conference, Eden to Eden. That's right, exactly. And so, uh, and you can get that DVD at our website, foi.org. Oh, that's a shameful plug really right bad. there, Chris. Really bad. Actually, I'm one of the featured teachers, so there you of go. Even worse. You are. Even worse. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, I think we need to stop now, Steve. Um, I really got through one church. We got through, what was the saying again? Every Everybody sing, please. That sounds pretty lovely. Thank you, Will Varner. Thank you, Will Varner, if you're listening. Well, we got through everybody. <laughs> everybody. Everybody. All right. Thank you, Steve. That was great. Why don't we find out what's going on in the news? All right. This comes from Forbes.com. Okay. Uh, oh, this is a good one. You found this one. Uh, I haven't even had a chance to read it. But I will say that I have enough history growing up uh, in a Jewish neighborhood, in a Jewish family. I have, I have an expertise, Chris, mm-hmm. on this subject. Well, not the whole subject, just one aspect. Let me read the headline. New York Historical Show highlights the significance and plight of the Jewish deli. Chris, the Jewish deli is in jeopardy. It, it is. It could end. You know why? Because I still go to a Jewish deli uh, in my neighborhood. I go, and I could tell you there's one characteristic of probably 85% of the clientele who are there. That is, they're either my age or older, which means they're on their last leg. So the Jewish deli, I don't know. I can't tell you the food's killing them. Oh, the corned beef, the pastrami. Ay, ay, ay. It's so good. But it's so <laughs> I'm bad hungry for you. Already. It's so bad for you. The kreplach, the matzo balls. Ay, ay, ay. But Chris, it's in jeopardy. You want to comment on it? I do. You know, there were 3,000, it says, 3,000 delis, I think, just in the Northeast area. Oh, I, it, a million. Maybe even maybe even just in New York, but they're down to just a few dozen. And I know that on our um, on our uh, encounter trip, Steve, we make it a point to visit uh, Katz's Deli. And it's in this article. Katz's, oh, Chris, I remember the first time I went to Katz's Deli, and those they were cutting the pastrami and the corned beef by hand. Mm. I mean, that no, no, none of those, you know, not that machine with the blade, everything with knives and thinly sliced, and they let you taste it. Yeah. So I got that sandwich, Chris, and it was, I, my mouth loved every bite, but Chris, I ate the <laughs> whole thing. And I walked around New York, uh, I was bent over. <laughs> I ate too much. It, oh, it's so good. Well, the Forbes actually did the interview with a guy named Kushner, who I think is the uh, the creator of this um, 
this documentary or or whatever on the on the delis and the impact the delis have uh, delis have had a uh, actually you know there might they, the deli might be dying in New York but delis still exist in you know some forms and fashions all throughout and the all country and all old people are going there Chris they made a movie from Katz's deli yeah exactly exactly <laughs> that, that movie we don't want to go too in depth but I could tell you Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal were there. And after she did her scene, it had the, to be you. Uh, but the, there was somebody after they heard her do her spiel. The woman <laughs> said, "The woman said, I'm having what she's having." <laughs> I remember that scene. Then, it's hilarious. <laughs> but I'm telling. Oh, there's nothing like a deli. Nothing nope. like it. Well, Forbes says, "Why did people want to cut back on dining on corned beef and pastrami sandwiches?" Which just makes me hungry to think about. And uh, Kushner writes, uh, says, "You don't have to be a nutritionist to know that a lot of Jewish food isn't good for you." That's true. Ratner's has the best potato soup around, but when I got the recipe, it contained about a pound of butter. <laughs> I will go to Louis Siegel's delicatessen in the garment district for a chopped liver sandwich. Who? Would eat a chopped liver sandwich twice a week these days. You don't anymore because it's not healthy, and we know it. So it's true. It really is the kind of the the demise is healthy eating. The it, demise. It, it's all the stuff. I'm telling you, I gefilte fish. You could get there. You get matzo ball soup. All, everything is made with butter or uh, schmaltz. Yep, schmaltz. Schmaltz is schmaltz it is up. kosher fat, so not pig fat. But it's schmaltz. Oh, and it's it's just corned beef, pastrami. It's terrible for you. But you know, I was having this discussion with my mother-in-law because she was saying my father, my, her father or father or grandfather lived to be in his nineties, and she was talking about what he ate for breakfast, which was basically like a full-on American breakfast every morning: sausage and you know everything that's not good for you. Yeah, what did he do for a living? That's it. She goes, "We don't farm anymore. That's Nobody's out." Said he was a farmer. No, well, that he worked all that stuff off here. We eat. And then, and then we, then we sit. go sit. That's right. I'll have uh, two liver sandwiches and then go sit down. <laughs> and then we and then say have a heart when attack. it's lunchtime, after we've sat the whole morning, we, oh, man, I'm bush. Let's so. go out to eat. <laughs> yeah. You haven't done anything. Look at us. We're sitting Look, here What yapping. are we doing? Yeah, the only muscle we're moving is our tongue. <laughs> and by the way, uh, not a not human tongue, but cow tongue. Fantastic oh, yeah. at a Jewish deli. See, Steve is the best to go eat with because uh, he, you're willing to eat, experiment. And I grew right. up with tongue. That's Are you right. experiment? My mother was cooking tongue once a week, <laughs> boiling that baby thinly sliced on rye bread with mustard. You can't beat it. Was it? Is it during the feast of unleavened bread? You'd have matzah and liver or something like that. Uh, no, what? No, uh, or liverwurst. No, 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 no. You can't have. Well, you can. There. I don't know if there's kosher liverwurst, but there is. You can't have chopped liver. Chopped liver. But um, no, for Passover, I used to joke my mother packed sandwiches with matzah. Imagine pack uh, when she packed it, you pack lunches for your kids. Yeah. Imagine instead of bread, <laughs> you got to use matzah. So <laughs> let's say whatever it is. I don't care if it's peanut butter. I don't care if it's uh, kosher bologna. I don't care if it's turkey. You put it between two matzahs. Okay, you want lettuce, tomato. Put it, put it. Yep. Okay, your kids take Snap. it, they put it in the locker, all right? So they've gone on the bus or in the car or they walk to school and they got this brown bag and it's bouncing up and down and then it goes into the locker. Then you take it out and you got to go to the cafeteria. You open the bag. <laughs> the, they're all crumbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Passover was not a fun time for lunch. No, it was crumbs and then the peanut butter. <laughs> That's right. All right, well, you found this next news article, Steve. Uh, which is? Oh, yes. This is yes. the Russian uh, situation. That's right. World War Three. Well, yeah, Chris, I saw this headline. Uh, Russian state TV pundit either, this is what she says, we win or there'll be World War Three. Yeah, this is a Russian pundit. Yeah, this, this is, is a, a Russian yeah. pundit uh, who actually works for Russia. Yep. So this is a propaganda uh, station or channel. Yep. And we just had Kathy here who's talking about the war in Ukraine and what's going on and how the Russians are bombing uh, in Kiev. They're picking on civilians. So there's a gal whose her name is Julia Davis, and she started. she's a Ukrainian-born American journalist who is best known for founding Russian Media Monitor, 
she monitors these channels, mm -hmm. this ch this station. And so she's going to talk. She's the one that brought it out and is saying, look, here's what they're saying. So there's one of these ladies. Uh, her name is Margarita Simonian. She said this is Julia Davis, who is uh, uh, tweeted uh, that this lady, Margarita, lies that Russia basically conquered Kiev during the first week of the war, <laughs> then simply gave it back. Simonian explains that why she doesn't believe Russia would strike Kiev with nuclear weapons, not because many people would die, but because of the holy site. <laughs> so there is, isn't it, it is great in our culture, thank God, I, I thank God, for bad moves, there's a counter move. Yes. So you've got this, Russia is this English-speaking propagandist, is spewing all this stuff and here comes somebody uh on the scene julia davis who's exposing it yes and and chris we already heard from kathy um what's taking place in the ukraine it's complicated it's 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 horrible bombing civilians um and we've already talked about it in our podcast uh is ukraine and their government squeaky clean is there Issues. Europe is basically saying if we support Ukraine 100%, then Russia is going to turn off their gas because in Europe and in the United States, quite frankly, they are just want to be politically correct. It's okay for somebody else to produce the energy. We we can't produce it. Nope. We're we're clean energy only, but we have to buy it. It's it's crazy, and uh, it kind of circulates. Uh, you know, Macron was visiting the United States with uh, Biden and talking about how Biden's gone too far. Yeah. That the energy Macron is pretty liberal, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, and even some of the um, practices that we have here in our country of dismantling statues and and well, maybe even just undoing our history and trying to erase our history. Um, that is something even Macron does not want to happen in French culture. Uh, so there's a lot of things that the French are. I mean, the French have criticized America for a long time. Oh, a long time. But still, it's uh, something that you we're out liberalizing a liberal, a liberal of France. That's right. Of all, it, I, <laughs> exactly. It's it's anyway. But thank God for this. Lady. But you know, this the, it's interesting because the point that came up from this as well from this article was that uh, there's a really good chance that you know, even though there there's this attack happening in Kiev right now. Ukraine could easily take back, well, not easily, but with, with the forces that they have, take back the areas that have already been taken by Russia, even as much as uh, several years, seven years ago or whatever, when they took Crimea, that they which could take be Crimea, major. which major. would be major. And that, I think, is what was compelling them as well, saying this could be World War III. You know, there are, I'm not giving any credit to it, but I'm also saying there are world powers connected to this. And it's not, you know, the, America is... Not fighting the war, but we definitely have thrown our our support behind Ukraine, and um, and uh, we definitely know China and Iran have talked with Russia. So it's not and like isn't these are it interesting going back to that professor how it's not relevant anymore? Oh, well, read Ezekiel thirty eight and thirty nine. It's like reading the newspaper. I know. It's it's believers have no look. We don't predict when. We don't know when. But we read about these things in the Bible and then see trends that are happening, and all of a sudden, we, we're experts. We're yep. not experts. We read the Bible. It's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. Well, Steve. You got to do this, Chris, because right. it's a full sentence. Well, here's the deal. I've actually, this is Yiddish word of the day, by the way, everybody, Yiddish word of the day. I picked Shrekin yes, uh, last week, That's so right. you got to do this week. Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, if you're new to the uh, the Jew and Gentile podcast, every week we do a Yiddish word. We don't ever really talk about it. We, yeah. We've done a lot. We've done, this is our 64th episode, so we've done 64 words. Well, now we're venturing into a Yiddish phrase. In fact, you gave me... A thousand and one Yiddish. I don't think it's called words. I think it's phrases. It is phrases. It's not easy, but there. What we were talking about the fact that we should probably read some of these phrases because they're really rich in wisdom. They uh, are really they are. good ones. But I've actually decided to turn to uh, a woman who specializes in Yiddish to tell us, Steve. So let me turn this down. Here we go. She's going to say the Yiddish phrase of the day. Oh, let's listen carefully. So let's see if we can get her to say it. Uh, make sure I'm tuned up here. 
Make sure I'm here. Okay, good. Let's see. All right, here we go. As in, I have a bone to pick with you. Taitsu deer, which means I have a bone to pick with you. And the reason I chose I got a bone to pick with you, Steve, is because Jesus had a bone to pick with Ephesus. You left your first love. I got a bone to pick with you. It, it actually is rooted back to the idea of complaining. I don't know if Jesus is complaining, but he's saying, look, you're doing a lot of great things, but I got a bone to pick with you. You have lost, le left he's your first He's telling love. the church, listen, young man. <laughs> That's right. That's what I you got a do. bone to pick with you. So anyway, that's our Yiddish phrase of the day. What Steve, do you right. want to try to say it? I know. Come on. <laughs> e kabatenu. E kabatenu. Tsu deer. Tsu deer. E kabatenu deer. We should probably call this lady and have her come on the... Actually, no, we've got the Bergs. We should have the that's Bergs. That's right. We should have the Bergs. Okay. Well, maybe one day we'll have the Bergs on. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for being a part of the Jew and Gentile podcast. That's just a, Steve. A whole... Steve's over here talking with Kathy earlier. How long's the podcast? Oh, the podcast is... 45 minutes. We haven't done a 45 minute podcast. How long was this one? One. We're going to one hour. We're at one hour. <laughs> it's a one hour podcast. And it seemed like two minutes. It seemed like two minutes because we're all having a good time. We hope you're having a good time. Hey, listen, we're trying to wrap up this year. $10,000 to continue to propel FOI Equip forward. That's the podcast. That's all the teachings that we do with people that are listening from all around the world. That's even our interns who are taking the gospel, who are sharing the love of Jesus the Messiah and connecting with Jewish communities. Hey, if you'd like to give FOI GoFOI.org forward slash FOI Equip. Thank you so much for being with us. We love you all. Have a great one. Bye-bye.